Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with friends and I have a new friend with me, Sylvia Nasser. Sylvia is a beautiful woman who works for herself like me, is a personal trainer and much more. Welcome, Sylvia. Thank you for having me, Laura. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself because we have a lot in common, both working for ourselves in this wellness community. And I just, besides the space we're in right now, which is still um, COVID-19, lock, not lockdown, but we are definitely much more limited. We're not out teaching in a public way, but just walk me back from the beginning, the origins of how you knew you wanted to go into fitness and wellness and, and what that looked like then. What, what was your inspiration? So... It was very accidental, actually. It wasn't um, the typical path. You know, I actually had went to um, school. I went to Stony Brook University and I studied business and political science. And I went on to graduate school to study industrial management. So fitness was very accidental. I had wanted a summer job at a gym at Lucille Roberts, which no longer exists, by the way. But I had wanted a summer job just to, you know, get a free membership and, uh, you know, enjoy the classes and this and that. And I, and I fell in love as a member, but I had been working full time and I had worked for uh, probably almost four years in corporate America before I even fell into teaching and training and things like that. So like I said, it, it was accidental. I, I remember the day very distinctively because I had always worked a desk, um, as a desk girl, they called it. So I sold gym memberships and I was already working full-time. And on the weekends, just one day a week, I was uh, you know, selling memberships. And my manager at the time had one of her instructors just quit on her. 
And so she had nobody to teach one of the classes. Uh, it was like, a, I think it was like a Tuesday night cake boxing class. And that I'll never forget, Laura, that Sunday, she was like, the next person that walks in the door, now mind you, it's Sunday. So the gym closed, that particular facility closed at 2 p.m. It was like 1.30, dead. Nobody was there. Nobody works out on a Sunday at one o'clock at that, faci- at that facility. So she, one person walked in the door and, sh- and she said, Sylvia, go teach her a class. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I didn't know, but it was an act- it was an audition and I didn't even know. So I gave this woman, this poor woman, a class. And it was a culmination of everything that I took as a student. Right. So uh, you're doing this based on being a student in these classes. Yeah, I was the student. I was, I mean, I was selling gym memberships and I, I took advantage of the free gym membership because I was an employee. So I took classes and I loved them, but I never ever thought myself to be an instructor. I had a full-time corporate gig. It was a wonderful job. I mean, it was every parent's dream, right? <laughs> it was the office job. I was an operations manager actually. So I had climbed the corporate ladder very quickly within the four-year tenure of that company. And I had been promoted three times. So all I wanted was a gym membership. And lo and behold, I was getting auditioned for a teaching gig. Uh, it just sort of happened. And um, I remember just taking the experiences of, the, of a, as a student and becoming the teacher right then and there. And I was hired. <laughs> so she goes, you're teaching that Tuesday night class. I think it was cardio kickboxing. You're teaching that class. And I said, okay. <laughs> so that was the beginning. And uh, I had fell in love. And I remember the more I taught, um, the more I became depressed at work because all I wanted to do was be in the fitness industry. And I was really figuring out ways to make it. Um, I was making, uh, you know, have the schedule that I wanted. I remember being in my office and just fantasizing about my step, step aerobics routines <laughs> back then. We're talking about oh back my then. gosh, I love step aerobics. I understand that. It's like creative, you know, so much creativity. It's it's oh, fascinating it's so because, yeah, you are probably, you probably represent quite a few people. I, I don't want to say, you know, tons of people, but I'm sure there's a lot of people. I, I know from the experience of teaching um, yoga teachers how to teach. So they go through my training and a lot of them have another job. And it's, like you said it so well, it, until you see like, I actually could be out moving and the, like my whole spirit lights up what I thought I wanted, stability, a good paycheck, like climbing the clatter. That is actually not what really makes my spirit feel bright. And yet it, it's like, there's a conundrum. Like how do you do, make the leap into the fitness world where there is and work for yourself essentially because you're an independent contractor and then, you know, it's just like to pay the bills and all that. So I feel like it's always kind of an act of bravery to, to go against the grain, especially when you've already been getting the paycheck and you've gotten accustomed to that. So how, what was the thing that made you take the leap? Well, well, I mean, I'm going to add to that bravery because I am first generation American. So my parents aren't, they're not, they weren't born and raised here. So in their minds, right, they had three options for me, a corporate job, a doctor, lawyer, like what is a fitness instructor? What is a personal trainer? What does it mean to be a, a yoga teacher like that? 
that's just fun and play and it's not a real career. So I not only had to figure out how I was going to make money doing what I was passionate about, but until this day, right, I am, you know, much older now. I know, I know I look 12, but I'm much older now, <laughs> you know, and until this day, you know, with a child and a husband later, my family's still like, what are you doing? Why don't you go back to corporate? You have a master's degree. You are well-educated, this and that. And, and they don't understand that like teaching is just something that just fuels me. It just, it lights me up. I, I feel the energy. It's very satisfying to be able to change somebody's life and just be a light to them. I love that. Where are your parents? Where are your parents from originally? They're born in Egypt. So is the culture there such that highly academic where they were, where they were or in their minds that you of course would go into higher education and being a fitness instructor seems like, you know, anybody that doesn't even have a college degree could do. Well, I mean, I also think that they came to, to the United States, right? They came here as adults. So they were looking for, you know, they were chasing that dream, right? Like a lot of immigrants do. And they wanted something different for their child. And that's completely understandable. Also, my father is very highly educated. I mean, he, you know, graduated in Egypt and then came to the States and still studied. And he, I, rem- I remember the stories that he studied even when I was a baby, like he was going to night school. He has a master's degree. Like he, he's a forever a student. They didn't want my, my, in their eyes, my education to go to waste. Yeah. So you were also, that's another roadblock in making the leap is that the expectations good or bad, they just, you know, everybody has them and we're, we are now parents. So we are going to have some, uh, some that we might not even be consciously aware of, but yeah, you had that expectation as well. So what were the things that made you take the leap? Well, I always find that things just sort of happen as they, I mean, they, they sort of fall into my lap. So during this time, I had hired a life coach to figure out my path. Um, I did teach fitness part-time, but was figuring out, you know, well, what, how do I make this work? I left the company I was working for in hopes that maybe if I went to another company, things would be different. Maybe it was the company. Maybe it was just, not, you know, but that that decision actually was was the uh, the tipping point in in my decision making to actually leave corporate America because I went from a really wonderful company to another not so great company. Um, the culture was just not what I had expected, and so that was the the breaking point for me. But during this process, I was I had a life coach. I actually joined Integrative for um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition (IIN). I did too. When did you graduate? 2010. Wow. So did you do it in person? I was the last live class. Then you were in my class. No way. Yes. Yes. I was thinking, oh my gosh, was it about, it was just about 10 years ago because it was right before I'd moved in the house that I'm in right now. And uh-huh. yeah, I had, it was, yeah, exactly. 2010. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I actually recognize you. That's what's weird. And so maybe, and then some weird way we saw each other because yeah, we were the last live class in Lincoln Center. It was nuts. I, I was like so blown away by the program. I've done very little with it, by the way, but I, I had done my um, chef training program the year before. And 
I was, I became a vegan chef and the woman that ran the program said, oh, you would really like IIN. There's a lot of crossover in how you can coach people and teach them, you know, how to cook. And I was like, oh, okay, well, and I'm like, I'm like a lifelong learner too. So I'm so happy to have done it in person though. I feel like it had just a different energy. Well, do you remember our graduation day? Yeah. Yeah. That was insane. I like, I was just in awe of the energy. I mean, Joshua Rosenthal, the way he knew how to lead that many students, I was just in awe of his energy and, and everyone just absolutely. And it's funny. He, he created such a culture that everyone that I talked to that went to IIN, they're like, you did. I, it was, it's like almost like a secret, like society. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, it's true. I I forget about it. And then all of a sudden somebody will say that and all of a sudden like, yes, click in. It's great. So for anybody that isn't sure what we're talking about, it's the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It is now an online program and I'm sure it's amazing online. In fact, um, Cami Rogers, who is freckled foodie, and I've had her on my podcast. She did it as a online and really loved it. But we did it in person at in New York City. It was one weekend a month for I think ten months or eleven months, something like that. Maybe twelve months. It was a long time. It was a long time, and that one weekend was crazy. It was amazing. It was in Lincoln Center. Imagine how big that is, and. There must have been a thousand people. I don't know, a thousand people in the program, maybe more. I, I, there was more than a thousand. Yeah, that year it was the he had done his first year of online, so it was a hybrid class. Mm-hmm. I think he was testing the online platform, and we were the last live platform. So I remember that some weekends people would do it virtually, and then I don't know if you remember, there's some weekends that the classes were huge because he would invite those that did online to oh, attend. Amazing, amazing. Right. So, you did this. so, okay. So you went and did this and yeah. you had, you quit your corporate job at this point. No, no. Okay. So this was, <laughs> you, you were getting all the ammunition in place. <laughs> I, I was just really navigating. I was just, you know, you know, when a person throws darts and seeing what sticks, that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I hired several coaches. I remember I had my first life coach. I did IIN and then I hired a fitness business coach to help me sort of create an online business, which was very new back then. It was like, you know, it was very new. I don't know if uh, uh, Frank Kern, I don't know if you remember those names. Frank Kern was like the sales guy, a really big online. There's a few like names. Coach that I had hired um, was known for his, he was a celebrity trainer and he was doing fitness business coaching. And so I hired him and I said, help me. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, he told me, you have to look the part. You have to have your sales copy this way. You have to figure out your brand. Um, and so that's when it began. That, that, that period was the time that like the Fit Femme was the name of my company. It was, I was branding at that point. I still hadn't quit though. So then a few months later, he had contacted me and he had joined a, um, a mastermind. It was a fit body bootcamp. I don't know if you know fit body bootcamp. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. It's Bedros Koulian and this guy, he had partnered with this guy named Steve Hockman. So he said, Sylvia, you know, quit your job. Let's start this business as partners. Okay. So I was like, okay, fine. I will 
I'm doing it. Like I had a business partner. So not only was he my coach, but he was my business partner. So I felt like I had somebody that I can just, you know, trust and feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much so a collaborator. I love collaborating with people. So I felt safe in that space. So I, he said, uh, listen, I have a family fly down. I'm going to fly you down. I'll you use my ticket, go learn everything you can. Um, cause they had their mastermind in California. I think it was like a weekend in California. I think it was like two weekends. Great. I went to California, did this mastermind, learned everything about how to start a fitness bootcamp, came back and this business partner of mine basically did nothing and just used me as the workhorse of the business. Meanwhile, we were 50-50% partners. So I started to get really frustrated. And I said, you know what? So this is where and like sassy Sylvia comes out. I was like, like I was just like, screw you. <laughs> screw you. I don't need you as a business partner. You know, I'm the one who, you know, put pen to paper. I'm the one that took all the notes. I'm the one that's in contact with these folks. And you're just sitting pretty. And this, there's no way that we're going to be 50-50 partners if you're not going to put any of your 50% equity in. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I dissolved that um, that relationship like abruptly. I was like, I just cut him off and I no longer speak to him ever again. Because just the way things were, I was like, this guy was just using me. You know what I mean? So, I, and I had paid him so much money just for the coaching. And I felt like, you know, I felt duped because he, I thought he believed in me and he saw me as equal when he presented this partnership um, proposal to me, right? This Probably a lot of those, not a lot, but I think this is fair warning for a lot of people. There are those, those people out there that take advantage of, of you and they're like, I'm going to give you all. I mean, I see this in a lot of different forms of training, whether it's yoga or personal training. I'm sure it's that there's there, all of them cost a good amount and not all of them are, are really high quality. And I think everyone that should, you know, just to be an upright person, if you're going to offer something, do your part. Like if he's saying you're going to do 50% and he's going to do 50%, um, then yeah, that's not cool. So be, be, yeah, I love that you responded immediately though. So many times people, you know, it takes five years to, to really get the, guts to change something. So anyway, so you, you dissolve that relationship. I completely dissolved that relationship. Um, it was a big learning lesson of mine, not to just like, you know, go in bed with anybody really, because having a business partner is really, it's like a marriage. You know, we had a bank account, we had, we had all these things together. Right. And he, so I completely cut it off and I said, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. So I had, at that point, I already had been working as a fitness instructor on the side. So I had to ramp that up. And I was teaching a gazillion classes just to make ends meet. And then my husband, uh, he was my boyfriend turned fiance at the time, said, you know what, Sylvia, you should live stream your classes. This was in 2010. Okay. This is the idea that we had. Think about that for a second. Live stream your classes. You know, you are bringing in like 80 people to a classroom. Like, I mean, I was like legit, like a hot trendy instructor then, right? Like not hot, like in sexy, like you look sexy, but I mean, like I was very young, energetic, 
you know, people liked my energy, right? Oh, I want to take Sylvia's class, right? So things like strength and cardio kickboxing and stuff and like all that like fun, fun stuff, right? My husband was like, you should start live streaming. And I was like, oh, online streaming, like, hey, I kept hiring coaches. I'm like, how do I make this work? How do I make this work? And so every coach at that time had told me, listen, it takes a really long time to build. I don't know if this is going to work. You should stick to personal training. You should build your boot camp, like brick and mortar business. And so I felt a little disheartened, but I was like, you know, I'll, I'll put this to the side. And then my husband, who was my boyfriend, fiance at the time, became my business partner. And um, he helped me with that search engine optimization. So I started a blog and we d- used SEO to become the number one um, like keyword for in-home personal training for women only. So if you Googled in-home personal training, like Long Island, because that's where I'm from, Long Island, New York, you would see Sylvia, 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 Sylvia. So that's how I started my business. And, and Is your and husband in I- computer stuff? <laughs> What? Is your husband a computer? Like, <laughs> yes, he is. But he's he's more of like the network guy. Yeah. He's like the hooking up computers and like having like bridges that like detect viruses and. But that technology, that that understanding, like, hey, SEO is that important? Oh, and- I knew, I knew nothing about it, and we're talking long time ago, yeah. right? Like, it, it's different now. Now, I mean, the online space is just. You're lucky if you get a, a crumb of it, you know, really, you know, it's, it's different now. I mean, even Facebook ads, the cost of it then it's just nothing. It's, it was nothing like it is today. Right. So I had ranked really high on Google and I started my personal training company and I was using that money to feed into my training classes. Right. So, uh, I had done well and then I needed to hire, um, other trainers. So he said, if it worked in Long Island, let's try other areas. And so I sold packages in other areas, but didn't have a trainer. I pre-sold packages all online. Okay. Cause I had my rates up. So some coaches back then said, don't put your rates up, you know, let them call you. I said, no, I'm going to be transparent. These are my rates. You want six sessions. You want 10 sessions. This is what you're going to get. This is, you know, what you're paying for. So I got clients in Long Island. I got clients in the city. I had clients in Queens, Bronx, Connecticut, Westchester. I mean, like, so what I would do is I would go and scramble for trainers. My past students, I would say, go get certified. (laughs) I went on Craigslist. Like I was just doing anything I could to meet the demands of the clients. So as soon as I made a sale, I was like, all right, I'm going to go scramble and hire a trainer. So, but I was able to grow my business and I sustained it for a couple of years. And then I used that money to um, go into building this like streaming membership, gym gym membership, which I had built a studio in my, my boyfriend then, right? It was, it was my boyfriend's parents' basement. And um, we just kind of bootstrapped the whole thing. And we did this for a couple of years, you know, like it was a good five years. That's amazing. And then it's like, so 
you basically were learning as you went along. Like you knew that you wanted to provide wellness and fitness to clients and you were trying out different ways of doing it. Yeah. So how does that bring you to like where you are now? So, you know, life happens at that point. You know, I had um, in this whole process, right? I was having running my business. Um, at that time, I felt an enormous amount of pressure to look a certain way, to be the face of the business, right? Because sort of, I was still a personal brand, even though I had these trainers working for me. I was the face of the brand. So I felt an enormous amount of pressure to, you know, be skinny. And that's another story in and of itself. But I had suffered from body image dysmorphia, even because I was an overweight child. And um, so when I got into the fitness industry, it really, um, it, the, the issue exacerbated, right? And then and, and I had an enormous amount of pressure and I had an enormous amount of pressure to make this business work. I had the pressure of planning my, my wedding. And, and, and that's when my health deteriorated. Also, in addition, like, but I still kept the business afloat. I mean, I was, you know, I'm a warrior like that. Like, I'm a fighter. Like, I always push through. Towards the end of my business, I had, you know, I hadn't gotten married. I was pregnant and I had my daughter. But once I found out when she was born, she was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And so, once I found out that news, which was unbeknownst to me, I didn't know anything about cystic fibrosis. It was, now this is my firstborn, right? I only have one child uh, right now, you know, and um, bringing her home. I had no idea when I got that call from the pediatrician. She said, you know, come right away. We need to speak to you. And I mean, I sort of knew, but like I did, I've heard of the words cystic fibrosis, but I didn't know exactly what the disease was. And since, I mean, hearing that news as a new mother was absolutely just, you know, they say new mothers go through postpartum. I think I went through postpartum plus times like a thousand. Like I was just quite depressed um, and, and wasn't in a mental space to run anything really. I was just crying, holding my baby, learning about a disease I, I knew nothing about caring for her, figuring out our support system, because it's just one of those diseases that you can't just have anyone like watch her, you know, figuring out like, you know, my mom, my mother and my husband's mother and like figuring out that team that we have throughout our family to help me. Um, and so I just let it go. I let it all go. So now that I'm here, right, we're talking about five years later. Um, I had worked as a fitness instructor several, several gyms, several locations. And I am starting again. I'm rebranding again, doing what I know how to do best. Okay. So what are, so this is resiliency and in, in embodiment, really. It's like you put your energy where you need it to be and you needed it to be at home. Not only it sounds like for your daughter, but for you, because you were, you, there's an adjustment period. It's, Anyone who becomes a new parent, there's a huge adjustment. And then in addition to that, there's health issues that you have to be aware of and educated on. So now that you feel like you're kind of surfacing a little bit and you're ready for the next five years, where, where, where are you going with all of putting your history and your education and experience to work? What, are you, what do you feel like you're going to be doing? Well, so... Um... 
you know, I had an aha moment about two years ago. And I had touched upon the fact that I had body image dysmorphia. And, you know, uh, to get into more specifics, I dabbled with diet pills and fat burners. I had an addiction to uh, pills in general uh, and, and cleanses and detoxes. I had a severe addiction to just needing to get skinny. I never quite got to the point where I binged or starved myself, but I was very close. I was like almost borderline anorexic, but I, I couldn't go about, like, I always said, like, it takes a really, really disciplined person to like not eat and throw up. Right. But I was on that borderline, meaning I had made sure that I never, ever ate more than a thousand calories and I must burn a thousand calories. Like it was like that. So during this whole building of the business and, um, and even prior to that, it, this addiction started when I was a senior in high school. Um, so it, it was an on and off cycle between like abusing um, pills and over-exercising and tracking my calories and tracking, you know, how many calories I burnt and if I didn't burn enough. Like I remember having a calorie counter as a watch and I would say, okay, I burned this many calories teaching a double or a triple class. Okay, well, I didn't make the number. So let me go hop on a cardio machine. It was, it was very like obsessive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what had happened was I stressed my body out so much that I triggered lupus. And it took a while for them to figure out what was wrong with me because it started with all these like crazy health symptoms. You know, I started, it started with um, hair loss and some soreness, uh, sore, like gum sores. Like I thought I had gingivitis and like, so I would go to the dentist and be like, can you treat this? Like, why do I have these blisters in my mouth? You know? And then I, and I saw rashes on my body and I went to the dermatologist and, and I was like, why do I have this like round thing on my arm? Like it just looked like this circular rash. And then, um, you know, months and months of figuring things out. And, um, it went to the point where I had to go to a hematologist because they did blood work and they saw my blood blood count was extremely low. And they're like, you're dying pretty much because your body's attacking itself. You're, you're like on no white blood cell count. It's like, it was like one. <laughs> and that's a very low number. You know, usually are like, it's a very, I was on one. Okay. So they're like, we have to figure out what's wrong with you. So I went to a hematologist. I had a bone marrow test done, which is one of the scariest things for me at that point in my twenties. It was painful. Like I had this like looming thing of like, what I had these fears. Like, what if I have blood disorder? What if I have leukemia? Like, like I'm, I'm too young for, for these scenarios. Right. And you know, I was fine, but they still never understood what I had. And then I got, and then my symptoms got worse. I had joint pain, um, stiffness, like arthritic stiffness. Uh, I couldn't close my hands. My knees were hurting. I was fatigued. I wanted to sleep all the time. I remember driving to my client's house and like falling asleep on the wheel in the middle of daylight. I mean, all of these just like crazy things were happening. And then they finally went to a rheumatologist and get diagnosed with SLE. But I knew deep in my heart that that was, that caused the stress. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's an autoimmune disease for anybody out there that doesn't know lupus. And it can be, like you said, all of the things, chronic fatigue, exhaustion and pain in joints. Um, all the metabolic stuff that you're referring to as well from hair loss and skin rashing rashes and wow. Yeah. So you've, 
you've like, yeah, you're like, it's like a, you're coming a rebirth, really. So you want to turn this kind of um, your own experience of a chronic disease and and eating disorder, body body dysmorphia into some some new uh, job or I would say brand. Well, yeah. So I had this aha moment. So so even though once I got my diagnosis, I told myself never again will I do this to myself, but that feeling of insecurity, lack of confidence, being unhappy in my body, uh, hating what I saw in the mirror still. So I had the aha moments. And the aha moment was I always felt insecure in rocking my sports bra. (laughs) So, So I had this thing and I said, you know what? I rock the sports bra. I rock the sports bra. And I remember going to the gym with one of my friends, wasn't teaching, I was just working with my friends. And, and I noticed like in this particular facility, including my friend, everyone was walking around in a sports bra. Like, like not a big deal. Like nobody was ashamed, um, all different body types. My friend had a lot of confidence. I mean, she looked wonderful and fit and she walked around not like I look really hot in my sports bra, but I am here ready to work out in my sports bra. Like I am powerful. And I noticed the same scenarios with these other women. Like, and I was like, well, I rock the sports bra. Like I took the tank top off and I just worked out. And that was my aha moment. And I said, I have the, what that newfound freedom that I, I experienced in that just like one moment. I was like, I have to somehow make this a thing. So I made it a thing. And it's just a hashtag. I rock the sports bra. And I I made a social post about it on Instagram. And I did a selfie in the mirror. And I said, hey, this is I rock the sports bra. Like, this is my journey. This is what I found. These are the things that I found. I rocked out in a sports bra. And guess what? No one even looked at me, judging me that all of these stories were in my head, that all of these fears that I had were, it's just an illusion. It was just this, this, you know, fiction that I I wrote and, and it wasn't reality. And so this was, it became something bigger than I ever thought it would be. And then I had this idea of making it a social campaign and I searched for a photographer and this one woman, Daphne Yuri. She's still my photographer to this day. I loved her photos. And I said, Daphne, I see that you created a project called Femme Forward. And this is a sort of a, uh, a project where she just um, photographed female instructors and trainers. And they all look different. I said, I want you to film me. And I want to do a campaign other fitness influencers, yoga teachers, just people in the space with followings to spread this message. And I'm going to go and write to legging brands and sports bra brands and have them donate so we can do this photo shoot and we could share this message. And that's how I Rock the Sports Bra was born. Love it. I love it. I love it. And that's now your message going forward is this like, yeah, empowerment. Like we are our own worst enemy. The voices in our head this feeling like somebody's watching and they're, in fact, they're not, they're thinking the same thing or they're worried about their own stuff. You know what I mean? Like we have to, we have to be our own best like cheerleader. Correct. And, and what's so funny, Laura, is that I had these desires to look a certain way 
And once I started rocking the sports bra, I started seeing a difference in how I moved my body. I noticed how athletic I actually really am. I'm very athletic in nature. Even the way I taught changed. Even my programming changed. I noticed I could do different things. And I, as the process went on, this is two years, right? It's maybe over two years now. I'm losing count. But like, as I'm growing into this movement, I, as a woman, am becoming physically stronger and my body has actually changed into the vision that I've always wanted it to be. So I manifested a physical body, but it first started with my conscious decision to focus on my strength and facing my fears first. So where can people find out more about all this, all this movement, your social media stuff, your branding? Yeah. At, well, I'm big on Instagram. Um, at my hashtag, my um, uh, account is at the fit fem, T-H-E-F-I-T-F-E-M. Or they could search for my name, Sylvia Nasser. I'll, I'll pop up um, and they can find me. I mostly live on Instagram. I'm starting to get back into Facebook and I do have a TikTok account, which I'm, um, that's another beast in and of itself that I'm trying to figure out. But all of my workouts, my programming, uh, the philosophy, um, my story, it's all on there. I currently do have a four-week program that is in my bio that talks about, that offers the Iraq the Sports Bra uh, workouts. I have a three-part workout series in addition to um, the mindset piece of Iraq the Sports Bra, the four pillars, the foundations of Iraq the Sports Bra. And if people just want to get a good workout and feel really strong and empowered and do something very, very different than what's out there, they can come find it there. I love that. I can't wait to check it out myself. I rock the sports bra. All right, right here. Well, thank you so much for telling us your story. And I love your enthusiasm. It's infectious. And so everybody, make sure you check out Sylvia Nasser. She's, you know, one of many women that I admire. And, you know, we're all in this together to bring wellness into the world, to help ourselves and to help others. And you are definitely doing that. So thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you so much. And you know, my same sentiments to you. I mean, I see what you're doing. I fell in love when I saw your page and we have a mutual friend and, you know, she he talks very highly of you. So I was super excited to be here and connect with you as well. Thank you. And for everybody out there, as always, I'm pulling for you. 